Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sotopoulos, the Statman on a Monday night, the 4th of September. Happy Labor Day out there, everybody. 2017, it is 11 p.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy. So I take it through the world of sports. A good Monday night out there, everybody. As I mentioned, happy Labor Day. We are getting so close to the football season, and it is going to start on Thursday night. Can't wait for it. And it will be the Chiefs and the Patriots at Foxborough to kick off the 2017 National Football League season. And uh, we hope you, uh, you watch and that you're drafting your fantasy football team probably already. May, you may still have your draft coming up. Our house league, the United Gridiron Alliance, we are getting set for our draft on Wednesday night, the night before the season begins, and we will uh, talk about it in the coming weeks and maybe on the website, statmansportsonline.com. But we have our draft uh, almost upon us. And in another league, that's already almost done. And, and you know, how do you draft? I, I don't know how you draft the way we do it, because we have uh, teams from all over, you know, owners from all over the country. Um, we do it, you know, online. We start uh, a couple of days before with some untimed picks so that we can kind of get started. But then we have a draft night um, and finish all the picks that night. If you live close, if you're in a league with friends or coworkers, you make a night of it and hang out and, and maybe, uh, uh, maybe uh, go to a pub or a restaurant and, and try and have your uh, draft there. Um, I know that's what happened a lot in the old days, but now with everyone kind of spread out, uh, it's a little uh, harder to do. So these online drafts are, are more likely. But, you know, it's the best part of the year. It's, the, it's uh, the most fun part of the year. It's where you kind of define your upcoming season. And if you're a Jets fan like myself, it's definitely uh, you put a lot more faith and stock into your fantasy team this year than you will with your NFL team that you root for. Uh, so that, uh, that's something that uh, obviously, you know, it, if it wasn't for fantasy football, you wouldn't have hope in football and, and you would be uh, waiting for hockey season or waiting for next baseball season or basketball season or what have you. So uh, at least now with the fantasy draft coming up, you can uh, make something out of your, uh, 2017 um, season, and uh, and all of that uh, all that to come. Of course, our fantasy football uh, preview will continue. We're going to take a look at uh, at wide receivers, and um, uh, we will we will do that in a bit. And in fact, um, you know, kind of looking at our um, at our rankings overall. Um, you know, just, just looking at the 2017 rankings for quarterbacks, we, we tried to give you the top 20 earlier on in the, uh, uh, in the offseason or earlier on in August or late July. Let's uh, recap that. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. Matt Ryan jumps up to the two spot. Um, he did so well during the regular season. Uh, it wasn't his fault that the Super Bowl didn't go his way uh, as he jumped out to a big lead in the first half. Tom Brady, the man who won that Super Bowl, uh, I have him at number three. 
and uh, of course, without this is before Julian Edelman went down with um, with his season-ending ACL injury. So, uh, would you keep Brady there, or would you move someone like um, Drew Brees or uh, or Kirk Cousins or Cam Newton? No, I would keep Brady right there at number three. I have Cam Newton at number four. Uh, that might be a little optimistic because I don't think he's going to run as much this year. He has Christian McCaffrey, the young uh, rookie running back. Um, and, you know, he's been banged up the more that he's run. So that could be a uh, a problem going forward for him. But we have Cam Newton still there at number four. Drew Brees at number five. I can uh, easily see Brees up to number three or four. Uh, he loses Brandon Cooks. He goes to New England and will play with Brady. Uh, and he will also lose Willie Sneed to a suspension for the first five weeks of the season. Uh, so Brees uh, may be bereft of a couple of uh, his weapons. Number six, Andrew Luck. Now, you've got to remember, Andrew Luck is going to miss week one coming back from shoulder surgery, and there is no timetable for his return, so that number could drop. Kirk Cousins at number seven. I could see him jumping into the top five potentially. Russell Wilson at number eight. Phillip Rivers at number nine. First year for the Chargers in Los Angeles since the 60s. As uh, uh, the the uh, Chargers move up the coast from San Diego. At number 10, Matthew Stafford. Number 11, Eli Manning. 12, Dak Prescott. I think he'll drop a bit this year. I have Carson Wentz moving up the rankings to number 13. Ben Roethlisberger at number 14. At some point, you got to think all the hits and his age will catch up to him. But as long as you have Antonio Brown, you're going to do just fine. So he might finish higher than 14. I have Derek Carr at number 15. Carson Palmer. At number 16, Blake Bortles at 17. Jameis Winston at 18. I can see that. Uh, I can see Winston jump into the top 12, actually, if he does well this year. Andy Dalton at number 19. And Marcus Mariota at number 20. I can see Mariota jumping up as well. I think that young, you know, that, that young group with um, Winston and Mariota and Wentz, they're on the way up. Prescott is already there. It's going to be tough for him to maintain that. But on the way down, potentially, you know, it's uh, Luck, Newton, um, and Roethlisberger. Uh, Carson Palmer is kind of in that mid-teens. That's where he's been. Uh, so nothing nothing particularly special there. Uh, so those those were the, the uh, quarterback rankings that we had. Uh, in terms of the running back rankings, we never officially did them. Uh, but... Let's uh, let's let's give you our rankings. David Johnson to me is the clear runaway number one uh, at running back for Arizona. Uh, after that, it's it's kind of up in the air uh, because Le'Veon Bell had um, was banged up uh, in, and and is coming back off uh, off an injury. Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for the first six games. Apparently, that uh, that hearing is uh, is happening uh, or is supposed to happen today and um, uh, may very well uh, be reduced, it's possible. So that's, uh, that's, a, uh, uh, that's a potential thing there where Elliot might end up coming back a little earlier than expected. Um, but for, um, for running backs, let's, uh, let's take a look at, um, um, at Elliot and see if there's any news on, on him. Um, apparently, there's no, there's no decision yet uh, in terms of whether he will be, he will have a suspension reduced. So you have to assume it's going to be uh, six games. NFL Players Association is uh, they filed a lawsuit to block the suspension. Um, but still, I would put Bell second. I would probably move LaShawn McCoy up 
to third, uh, and Devontae Freeman up to fourth. Uh, and I would put Ezekiel Elliott down there around number five. And, and uh, you know, if he does miss the full six games, it's probably closer to ten. Um, but that's kind of my, my top group there. Uh, after that, you're looking at that next tier. And let's go tier by tier. I, I, like, um, I like Melvin Gordon of the Chargers. I like Jay Ajayi from the Dolphins. Um, Jordan Howard for Chicago. He might be the best of that group, actually. Uh, he might be, in my opinion, number six. I would probably put Gordon at seven, Ajayi at number eight. Uh, and after that, uh, you're, you're looking at uh, potentially uh, DeMarco Murray. Uh, prob- I would say he is at number nine. Todd Gurley uh, had a disappointing year last year after a great rookie year, so I would put him right there at number 10. Then you start getting into uh, that next tier, that third tier of you know, pretty solid running backs, but you're also, you're also starting to get at the rookies. And you're starting to get at the um, uh, the timeshares or the, or the top the top guy in a timeshare, and uh, and for that I'm looking at uh, right before the timeshares here I'm looking at uh, uh, Isaiah Crowell of Cleveland probably at number 11. Uh, you're looking at uh, Kansas City situation where there was a timeshare with Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt. Uh, now with Ware out for the year, Hunt takes over in a in a solid offense for running backs. You know, Jamal Charles is now with Denver. He made the roster. Uh, so I'd probably put him at 12. Lamar Miller right there as well. Um, I probably would give Miller 11, Hunt 12. Um, you have Mark Ingram right around there. But then after that, you have a couple of rookies. You have Christian McCaffrey, as I mentioned, for Carolina. You have Dalvin Cook, second-round pick from the Vikings as Latavius Murray signed a big deal, and he is probably going to back up Cook at this point. Uh, Leonard Fournette, who had such a great college career at LSU, he is uh, Jacksonville's uh, feature back most likely. But those are right in there in that mid-teens area. And then you start looking at timeshares. You have Green Bay with Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, uh, Montgomery is going to get the lion's share of that. Cincinnati, what's going to happen in that backfield? You have Jeremy Hill, who's hurt, uh, coming back from, from an ankle injury, I believe. Giovanni Bernard was hurt last year, and now you have Joe Mixon, who uh, is a rookie, and he is going to get his chance. Uh, Atlanta, you know, not only do you have Devontae Freeman, who I already mentioned, but Tevin Coleman, to me, is a top 20 uh, back. Uh, San Francisco, with Carlos Hyde, uh, he is kind of the uh, the main guy, uh, but you do have uh, as well um, Matt Breida, and uh, uh, you, you have uh, uh, you know you don't really you don't really rely on Carlos Hyde uh, as much. Uh, they also have Tim Hightower um, and uh, Capri Bibbs. That was that was the guy I was thinking. Matt Breida is a is a rookie who might uh, get involved. Uh, but Carlos Hyde is probably not even in the top 20 uh, uh, for me. C.J. Anderson for Denver, he's in the timeshare. I would probably put him in that last part of the, uh, you know, somewhere between uh, 16 and 20. Um, and that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. You know, Thomas Rawls in Seattle. There's three guys in Seattle. There's Thomas Rawls. There's Eddie Lacy. And there's C.J. Procise. Uh In Oakland, you have Marshawn Lynch. 
involved there with a couple of other folks, a couple other uh, players, uh, Jalen Howard, uh, Jalen, uh, uh, I believe Jalen Howard, um, Jalen Richard, I'm sorry, Jalen Richard. <laughs> and uh, Jalen Howard was, uh, wasn't he a basketball player? Um, or I'm thinking of uh, Juwan Howard and Jalen Rose. But regardless, Jalen Richard is uh, Oakland running back, but he's going to play second fiddle to Marshawn Lynch. But Marshawn Lynch is a feature back, uh, especially at this point in his career. You have Adrian Peterson in New Orleans. Um, and, and the uh, situation in Philadelphia, you have Garrett Blunt in Philadelphia with Wendell Smallwood and Darren Sproles involved. So that's another timeshare. Um, so in situations like that, it depends on where you draft the guy. If it, I wouldn't spend a pick in the first six or seven rounds on a timeshare running back unless he's going to get 250 touches, 200 touches. Um, you know, if you're looking for change of pace backs, third down backs, uh, guys who are explosive, guys like a Sproles, guys like a Smallwood, that's, you know, 13th round, 14th round type stuff. Um, don't reach for those types of players because, you know what, it, their, their output is very inconsistent. It all depends on the offensive packages. It all depends on maybe their injuries ahead of them. I mean, if guys in front of them get injured, maybe they're, maybe they're a good player, but they, they're not an every down back, so they may still not uh, suck up all of that, all of that workload. Um, so it's something, something to think about, something to, uh, to worry about. So we went through the rookies. We went through the main guys and the, and the top guys in timeshares. Um, but in that 11 to 20, I would put, um, I, I would put the three rookies we talked about, uh, McCaffrey and uh, also uh, Fournette and um, also I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here, um, uh, McCaffrey, Fournette, and Dalvin Cook of Minnesota. And then I would also add uh, guys like Kevin Coleman, timeshare guys like uh, Ty Montgomery, um, and uh, C.J. Anderson, Thomas Rawls. Uh, those, those are guys that I would kind of put towards the top there. So that brings us to wide receivers. And it's 14, minute, 14 minutes past the hour, so we are going to, um, we're going to get to wide receivers, uh, but we're going to do that after the bottom of the hour. We're going to be on with you for 45 minutes today, as usual. Uh, and uh, we've, we've taken a little bit of a break. Uh, we took a second week off. Usually we take one week off a year, and that's in July. We took a second week off in August. We didn't intend to, uh, but with um, I, I mentioned in our last, the last episode a couple of uh, uh, personal things. We're looking to, uh, to move, and also we're looking to, uh, to have a child. We'll, we'll be having a child in, in a couple of weeks. So uh, things are going to change slightly and trying to figure out how it will change. And, of course, all the, the lead-up to it, you know, is a little, little crazy. So I wasn't able to have an episode last week. But I will say that what we're going to try and do is, and, and it, I think it will improve the show, actually, will be to try to record, pre-record as much of the show as we can and try and cut it together into a 45-minute show and upload it or a 30-minute show and upload it to Blog Talk Radio. And that way, um, it will be kind of packed in, a little better production, a little better sound, uh, because uh, this is coming in through a telephone line. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that should improve uh, the show. want to hear what you have to say about it once we, once we get going. But this is episode number 747. And we're coming up on 750, so we're hoping by episode 750 we will have this in a little better state in terms of sound recording and, and a little more packed with a little more production. Um, but we're looking to do that in the next couple of weeks. But 
This is the first week of the football season. We start on Thursday, Chiefs at Patriots. Week one, a full slate of action. You got your doubleheader on Monday night, and uh, it will be a lot of fun. And just looking at the uh, looking at the schedule in week one, uh, we have um, the Jets in Buffalo, uh, at, and that's a one o'clock start. The Giants are in Dallas on Sunday night. They seem to always start against Dallas. Uh, Philadelphia will be in Washington, a nice divisional matchup at 1 o'clock, and um, uh, that will be on Fox. And uh, we mentioned New England on Thursday night. The Monday night games, doubleheaders we mentioned, New Orleans will be in Minnesota to take on the Vikings at 7-10. And the new-look L.A. Chargers will be in Denver in an AFC West matchup at 10-20 start there. Uh, other games in week one, Atlanta at Chicago. Baltimore visits Cincinnati. Pittsburgh goes to Cleveland. And that's always a big rivalry game. Arizona going up to Detroit. Jacksonville travels to Houston. Uh, Tampa at Miami. Oakland at Tennessee. Those are the rest of the 1 o'clock games. 4 o'clock games. Indianapolis will play in L.A. against the Rams. Seattle goes to Green Bay at 425. Carolina at San Francisco also 425 start. Uh, so those are the 16 games on the schedule, including, as, as we mentioned, the new-look L.A. Chargers, who will be moving up the coast from San Diego. So we will have our picks next Saturday. Uh, In terms of the Thursday pick, we will have that for you on Thursday with the spread and straight up. We will once again play uh, our uh, pigskin pick'em on ESPN.com. We encourage you to join along to the Sports with the Statman group. Join up and uh, we'll mention the leaders and the winners uh, here on the show. Don't get anything for winning, just uh, total consciousness on your deathbed. So, of course, that's, uh, that's a nice thing, um, or something like that. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's move on to baseball, fantasy baseball. We're looking at week 22, heading into week 23, the end of August and the end of the dog days and the start of uh, roster expansion and pennant race and all that good stuff in September. For you, it's probably your fantasy playoffs if you're still around Congratulations. In our house league, the first to third league, our semifinalists have been named. And my team is one of the semifinalists, so I am one of the last four still standing. After sneaking into the playoffs with the number six seed, I upset number three, San Francisco, in the first round in the quarterfinal. And I will take on top-seeded Dearborn with the best record in the league at 13-7. and seven. Uh, So the San Diego Stats now, with uh, were, they were 10-10 and 10 in the regular season, so uh, just got in under the wire. And uh, we'll see what happens. But for you, let's take a look at the weekly best. And we'll look at hitters. And um, Anthony Rizzo, and, and these, these are stats from Saturday, August the 26th, through last Friday, September the 1st. And, and Anthony Rizzo uh, continued his assault. He had a great month of August, as, as we will uh, show you in a little while with our all-statman team for the month of August. But Anthony Rizzo, 12 for 25 over the past week with three home runs and 12 runs batted in. He had an OPS of 1573, and he was 10 points better than anyone else. That is domination in terms of uh, hitting anyway. Uh, Total domination, 50 fantasy points for Anthony Rizzo. Logan Morrison, first baseman for the Rays, came in second with 40 fantasy points. He still hit a cool 429, 9 for 21, five home runs and 11 RBIs, a great week for Logan Morrison as he has had a resurgent season this year. Uh, He has been nothing short of spectacular. Uh, In terms of the power category especially, uh, he's never been a guy who hits for average, but he he has hit for a lot of power. He's stayed healthy. 
I don't want to jinx anything. He's on my fantasy team. But uh, Logan Morrison for the year now, uh, he with his five home runs, that brings him up to 35 for the season. In fact, that doesn't include – he had 34 as of, as of these stats. He had one on Sunday. Uh, Tommy Pham for St. Louis has been a, a breakout player for the Cardinals. Uh, 450 batting average, 9 for 20. Add to that uh, three homers and eight runs batted in, and he is uh, he has really uh, had a fantastic uh, uh, year coming out party. 309 batting average now, and this is through Sunday. 19 home runs, 61 RBIs. Add to that 17 stolen bases as well. Jorge Polanco tied with Pham for third place. He had 35 points along with Tommy Pham. Uh, Polanco, 360 batting average, three homers, six RBIs. Polanco is, is getting to that age where, um, it, you know, he's, he has major league experience and he's young. He's only 25 years, 24 years old, actually. And with that experience, if, um, if he keeps getting better, um, he, he, could, uh, he could do some things. Really, last year was his first, uh, first real amount of playing time in the major leagues, and he batted 282. Uh, slug 424 for a middle infielder. This year he's slugging 414. He's batting 258, but he's coming on strong. His power numbers have really improved. He's gone from four homers in half a season to ten homers in two-thirds of a season. His RBI total is, has, over, has more than doubled from 27 to 60, and he has ten steals as well for the year. And tied for fifth for the week, Chris Bryant and A.J. Pollock. Bryant, 375, two homers, three RBIs. Uh, Pollock with three home runs and seven RBIs and a 316 batting average. He had a, a better OPS. Uh, but those are your top five or top six, actually, hitters. Top local was Andrew Benatendi of the Boston Red Sox, a homer and three RBIs. He was nine for 25, uh, and uh, he had three stolen bases for the week. Uh, his his week had uh, was a total of 28 points from Saturday to Friday. That's good enough for 14th place, a tie for 14th in the majors. Uh, lines of the week, Byron Buxton and Kendry Morales had three home run games. Morales with seven RBIs. He had 23 points in his four for five day. Buxton had 24 points in Toronto in his three home run game at Rogers Center. And uh, uh, both of them scored four runs. Morales uh, did his damage on August 31st in Baltimore. Uh, for the pitchers, the best pitcher of the week was a reliever. And that was Corey Corey Knable, five saves, five innings, no runs, two hits, two walks, nine strikeouts, 59 fantasy points. That is impressive. Mike Clevenger was the best starter in his two starts. He won both of them, didn't allow a single earned run in, uh, in 12 innings. He struck out 15 guys as well, as he has uh, really had a, a, a solid year uh, for Cleveland, as Cleveland is now, after, after their win on uh, Monday, a 12-game winning streak. Jimmy Nelson, who's had a big-time uh, uh, improvement this year, especially in the strikeouts category. Nelson, a 1-3-2 ERA for the week, won both of his starts, 17 strikeouts in 13 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he had 55 fantasy points. Clevenger with 57, and Canable led everyone with 59. Carlos Carrasco, 53 points for him. He had a win and a no decision, a 0.64 ERA in 14 innings. That means one earned run, 16 strikeouts and no walks. And tied for fifth was Kevin Gaussman and Zach Davies. I looked on the leaderboard today and saw that Zach Davies was tied for the league lead in the National League and wins with 15. Wouldn't have expected that coming into the season. Uh, Davies won both of his starts, a 1-2-9 year in 14 innings. Gaussman had the highest amount of innings pitched without allowing an earned run this week, 13 and two-thirds, 13 strikeouts uh, for Baltimore, a .95 whip, and he had two quality starts with one win and one 
hard luck, no decision. Top local was Doug Fister of the Boston Red Sox, tied for 13th among all pitchers. Uh, but in two starts, he had a 1.93 ERA and a one-and-one one record. It's taken him a while to get into the flow in Boston, but now he's pitching well, and he had 40 fantasy points. And Dylan Bundy was the best one-star pitcher, and he gets our line of the week against Seattle. He throws a one-hit shutout. He allowed eight earned runs in the entire month of August, struck out 12, and only walked, uh, walked two. So he allowed three base runners in his complete game victory. Uh, our rotisserie leaders, we mentioned a little bit of it. Logan Morrison leading all hitters with five home runs. And uh, Anthony Rizzo led all RBI uh, guys with 12. Uh, you had uh, four stolen bases for Mookie Betts and Dee Gordon. Run scored Shinsu Chu, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo each had 10. Uh, and uh, Rizzo was the best in terms of batting average, Morrison in slugging. And Mike Trout among qualifiers is 600 on base percentage for the week. Uh, pitchers, several players with two wins. We talked about a few of them, Clevenger, Nelson, Davies, uh, Corey Knable with his five saves. No one no one got there. Uh, uh, Five-save week it, it almost never happens. Tanner Roark had 19 strikeouts, a solid strikeout week for him in his two-start week. And uh, uh, as we mentioned, Kevin Gaussman, 13 and two-thirds innings, no earned runs. The best lineup for the week, Wellington Castillo. That's an interesting uh, Interesting pick, 23 fantasy points for the week. He was the best catcher around for the week. Uh, and adding to uh, adding to that, let's talk about a couple guys that, that uh, we haven't mentioned. Um, we, we've talked about uh, Buxton and his one great game. Well, that was 24 of his 26 points. The rest of the week he had two points, but it was still good enough for the fifth best outfielder for the week. Paul Goldschmidt, Kendry Morales both had 32 fantasy points, which was – Good enough for that uh, utility position. Actually, uh, Goldschmidt uh, is uh, is really at the corner uh, corner position. I I, uh, I take that back. We've talked about Logan Morrison, but Logan Morrison actually uh, was not the best corner man. That was Paul Goldschmidt. Kendry Morales, uh, the best utility guy, at 32 fantasy points among pitchers. Uh, we've talked about them uh, as well. But Kyle Hendricks, a 47 point week, good enough. For that flex spot in our in our lineups, you have to start five starters and two relievers and two other pitchers that could be either or. And Kyle Hendricks um, made it uh, basically, uh, and Dylan Bundy, the, both of them were starters that were better than the third best reliever uh, in fantasy baseball. But interesting, want, want to draw your attention to Blake Parker, the Angels. He's a guy who people haven't talked about. You know, when the season started, it was going to be Camp Drosian. He was going to be the guy that was going to get most of the saves. Houston Street was banged up, and uh, Bud Norris ended up getting most of the saves because Bedrosian went down with an injury as well. Now Blake Parker is starting to get some saves for the Angels, who are contending, so that would be uh, an interesting uh, pickup for you. Okay, moving on to some value plays. Uh, and players who are, uh, who are owned in less than 50% of CBSSports.com leagues who outplayed players who were starting in more than 50% of CBSSports.com leagues. So for catcher, Salvador Perez, JT Realmuto, and Yasmani Grandal all had bad weeks. Perez, a terrible week, minus six points for him. But Realmuto and Grandal, plus one point apiece. And each of them are starting in at least 80% of CBSSports.com leagues. Meanwhile, Roberto Perez owned in 1% of leagues. He had 16 fantasy points. Christian Vasquez and Chris Herman 
are also uh, guys that are available in deep leagues who had 15, 16 points. Vasquez had 16. Chris Herman had 15. And they are available. Among first baseman, Cody Bellinger had a terrible week. Uh, minus two points for him. Marwan Gonzalez, Alex Avila, uh, who's mainly a catcher and worth a little more as a catcher, but three points doesn't help you either way. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Maurer, uh, Greg Bird, who had a, a good, a solid comeback, and he's in our hot pickup section, and C.J. Crone of the Angels uh, all had uh, valuable weeks, and they're available in, in more than half of CBSSports.com leagues. Um, among second basemen who, um, who did not provide good value, Rubnet Odor, Josh Harrison, Robinson Cano at three points, uh, a bad week for him. Uh, third baseman, Travis Shaw, Chris Taylor, Todd Frazier, three points or less for all of them. And at shortstop, Corey Seager, Gene Segura uh, with uh, two and four points respectively. Xander Bogarts, six points, but you expect more out of him, and his OPS has been terrible since the All-Star break. I think it's something around 570. Meanwhile, at those other infield positions, Wilmer Defoe, 24 fantasy points. We talked about Jorge Polanco and his 35 points. He's only starting at 32% of CBSSports.com leagues. Uh, add to that uh, Tommy LaStella, 1%. He's owned in 1%, and he had 19 points. Could be a flash in the pan, but you know what? If he's up and the Cubs win, he'll get in the lineup. Among outfielders, Max Kepler is a guy who is, uh, who is catching some fire. Uh, Carlos Gomez, Michael Taylor, those are guys that are owned in 30 40% of CBSSports.com leagues. Guys that are really under the radar, Matt Olson of Oakland, Matt Joyce also of Oakland, uh, Mikey Matuk of the Detroit Tigers, who's getting a lot of time now, especially with uh, with J.D. Martinez already traded to Arizona, but now Justin, Up- Justin Upton going to the Angels. Uh, and also John Jay of the Cubs, 15 points for him this week. Uh, outplayed players like Jay Bruce, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Jose Bautista, Ryan Braun, Starling Marte. Uh, so those are some valuable plays. Among pitchers, we talked about Doug Fister. Add to that uh, Andrew Kashner of Texas with 32 fantasy points. Austin Pruitt of Tampa with 30 points. Uh, also, Andrew Heaney, former prospect, 28 points for the Angels. Nick Pavetta, the Phillies with 26. Rafael Montero with 26. And Jake Junis, Kansas City Royals, who got a seventh win today on Monday, but he was 6-2 and two, uh, as of the end of last week. He had 23 fantasy points. He's only starting at 18% of CBSSports.com leagues. Players with, uh, with bad value and starting in, in a lot of leagues. Kenta Maeda, Cole Hamels, Hyunjin Ryu. A lot of Dodgers pitchers. Maeda, Ryu, Hill. All of them had minus 16 points or more, and all of them are starting in more than half of CBSSports.com leagues. Dallas Keuchel had a bad week, minus five points. Carlos Rodon, minus 10. Jason Vargas, who had such a great first half, minus eight points for the week. And relief pitchers, we talked about Blake Parker, Hector Norris of the Phillies, Addison Reed. Well, if you had him active on Sunday, I apologize. He got lit up by the Yankees. Uh, but those are guys who pitched well. Tyler Lyons got a couple of wins out of the bullpen. Uh, and he's only starting in 6% of leagues. Um, but closers who had a bad week, Rasiel Iglesias, Greg Holland, Sean Doolittle had six points, not terrible. It was a pretty good week for closers overall. But guys who were just under the 50% threshold, Mark Melanson, Brandon Kinsler, Aroldis Chapman, did not have good weeks. Let's look ahead to two-star pitchers, week 23, coming up starting today, the, the 4th, and going all the way to Sunday, the 10th. Uh, three guys who are... Uh, under uh, basically, I'm sorry that that are uh, uh, that are in 
uh, leagues or starting in leagues, uh, more than a 50% clip, that are guys that I think you should uh, uh, find some room on your bench for. Uh, one of them is Jason Vargas. As we mentioned, a good first half of the year, but his last three starts, 0-3 and, and a 7.47 ERA. He's in Detroit uh, for his first start and then uh, in Minnesota, at home against Minnesota for start number two, and the Twins are playing pretty well. Uh, Michael Waka for the Cardinals, he's had an up-and-down year. He's in San Diego to face Travis Wood and then home against Yvonne Nova and the Pirates. And J.A. Hatt of the Toronto Blue Jays, he faces uh, Rick Porcello facing tonight. And Artie Lewicki of Detroit, uh, he will face him at home in the second start. Uh, so all those guys are starting between 50 and 60% um, uh, of leagues. And a couple of guys that uh, uh, that are under the radar, under 50%, who uh, I think you should start. Alex Cobb of the Rays, even though he hasn't had a win in his last three starts, a 2.20 ERA and 17 strikeouts and 16 in the third innings. Uh, he faces Minnesota and Boston this week. Jake Junis of the Royals. Uh, we talked about him, 2-0 in his last three starts, a 2-1-2 ERA and 17 strikeouts and 17 innings. He uh, pitches against Detroit in his first start and then at home against uh, Jose Barrios and the Minnesota Twins in start number two. And Robert Stevenson, the Reds, only starting at 11% of CBSSports.com leagues, but he's won all three of his last starts, 21 strikeouts in his last 16 and two-thirds innings. He goes up against Zach Davies in Milwaukee and Rafael Montero and the Mets. And the, uh, the look at the hitting notes, a couple of easy schedules for you. Cleveland has seven games. They're uh, on the south side of Chicago for the first four games of the week. And then they finish up at home against the Baltimore Orioles. They do face Gaussman, uh, who is the hottest pitcher of any of the ones that uh, they will face. But they're on a winning streak. And, uh, you know, it's activate all of your Cleveland Indians at this point. Kansas City, they're in Detroit for three. And then at home against Minnesota for four, they will face uh, – uh, 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 basically a no-name in Artie Lewicki, uh, Matthew Boyd, Kyle Gibson. Um, now they do have a couple of tough ones against Minnesota. So in daily leagues might be better for Kansas City earlier on in the week. Houston goes to Seattle for three and then Oakland for four. Um, the best name here would be Mike Leak, who is now traded to Seattle from St. Louis and he got off to a good start with the Mariners. Um, but they're going to be facing Erasmo Ramirez. They're going to be facing Jarrell Cotton. Um, there aren't a lot of uh, good pitchers going up against Houston. Uh, the Mets, they uh, are home against Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Stevenson is probably the toughest one they're going to face, and that's on Sunday. Uh, Mark Leiter, uh, Jr., um, they faced him today, and uh, they hit him pretty hard, 11-7 to Mets win on Monday. So Mets have a pretty easy schedule this week. The Cubs – they're in Pittsburgh and then at home against Milwaukee. St. Louis is in San Diego and then home against Pittsburgh. And San Francisco is at Coors for three and then at uh, uh, in Chicago to face the White Sox for the last three. Tough schedules. Here's a few that have tough schedules. Tampa, uh, they're home against Minnesota before going to Boston and facing Pomerantz and Sale and Porcello, their three best pitchers. Oakland uh, goes up against the Angels and Houston, both at home. Uh, but they're facing Houston, and that's going to be a problem, and that includes Keuchel. Peacock has pitched well as well. Seattle at home against Houston. Verlander's debut will be Tuesday, and Seattle will face Keuchel, Verlander, and McCullers. Not going to go well for the Mariners. Then they go uh, against the Angels at home as well. Uh, the White Sox are home against Cleveland and then home against the Giants. They will face Kluber and Bumgarner on the same week. Add to that 
Bauer, who's pitched well, Salazar, Carrasco, and Cueto. It's going to be a tough week for the White Sox. Benjamin. Uh, Philadelphia, they will face the Mets and DeGrom on Tuesday. Then they go to Washington. They face Scherzer on Thursday. Or, I'm sorry, they face Scherzer in the first game of that series and Strasburg in the third game of that series. Uh, Pittsburgh faces the Cubs for four at home. Arietta uh, today, then Quintana, then Hendricks. Finished uh, with Lackey. And then in St. Louis, they will face Luke Weaver and Carlos Martinez. Martinez with a shutout today. Uh, so those are some tough schedules. Hot pickups. We're going to give you a couple of names for hitters and pitchers in deep leagues, medium leagues, shallow leagues, and let's get started. Among deep leagues, we talked about Jorge Polanco, top-rated shortstop over the last week, and his ownership goes up from 19% to 41% in CBSSports.com leagues. Also, Matt Olson, he homered in three straight last week. He had six RBIs in those three games. He's a deep league, uh, a deep league ad up to 11%. And Chris Iannetta, catcher for the Diamondbacks, splitting time with Chris Herman, uh, and Ionet is on an eight-game hitting streak, so he's hot. Especially in daily leagues, you might want to uh, give him a shot. He's up to 8%. Pitchers, Jake Junis, we talked about him. Mark Leiter, uh, he uh, allowed one hit in seven innings against the Marlins, and that came, uh, he came back to earth uh, in his start today. Blake Parker goes up from 8% to 22%. He has three straight outings with saves, and Robert Stevenson, 3-0 in his last three starts. Medium leagues, Greg Bird. Up to 46% now, hitting 300 since he came back off the DL with two homers and nine runs batted in. Kevin Kiermeyer, Cole Calhoun, a couple of outfielders that are right there at that at that uh, medium league cutoff, 10-team league. Where if you don't, if he's not in your league, you probably should get him. Kiermeyer had three multi-hit games in his last five, and Cole Calhoun, a solid August where his OPS was at 885. Among pitchers, Mike Montgomery still taking John Lester's turn in the rotation. He's pitching so well that even if Lester comes back. They may go to a six-man rotation. Uh, he uh, won both of his last starts with a .690 ERA and .85 whip. Kendall Graveman pitching better, three-game quality start streak with a .225 ERA in that, uh, uh, in that time frame between the 13th and the 25th since snapped. And Blake Snell, who was demoted earlier in the year, uh, he has a 0.87 ERA in his last three starts, so he's looking really good. Shallow leagues, Byron Buxton, Reese Hoskins, Wellington Castillo. Castillo is the top catcher for the week. Hoskins was on his home run tear, his first 19 games in the major leagues, 11 homers and 24 RBIs. And among pitchers, uh, another prospect, Luke Weaver, 10 strikeouts and two straight starts. He won both of them. He's now available only in one out of every five CBSSports.com leagues. CC Sabathia has come back, and he's pitched very well for the Yankees. And Julio Tehran for the uh, Braves, he's won two straight starts and a 1-9-3 ERA over that span. Looking ahead very quickly in terms of uh, injuries, a lot of players looking to come back shortly. Um, Carlos Correa is already back uh, from his thumb injury. He came back in that finale against the Mets where they ended up uh, taking that third game and uh, sweeping that series against the Metropolitans. Uh, But in terms of players that you're hoping to get back before the end of the year, Brandon Belt with a concussion, Jason Kipnis and Jed Jerko with hamstring injuries, uh, Addison Russell, with a foot injury, he may come back before the end of the month. Chris Owings, um, with the Diamondbacks in contention, they're hoping to get him back by the end of the month. Uh, looking at uh, third baseman, Miguel Sano, lower leg out, uh, and, and he is uh, going to be out for another week. In terms of outfield, there's a lot of hamstring injuries. Aaron Altair, Gregory Polanco, Odebel Herrera, Adam Frazier, Pennsylvania outfielders with hamstring issues, and they should be back in the next week. Clint Frazier's oblique injury. He may come back for the Yankees next week, 
But Michael Brantley and Bryce Harper, two major guys who are not going to be back until the middle of the month at the earliest. And Yasmani Tomas, Michael Conforto, Joanna Cespedes, all out with season-ending injuries, as well as Victor Martinez, uh, who had surgery to repair an irregular heartbeat. Pitchers, a lot of injuries for pitchers, but let's focus on the ones that are gone for the year. Jared Eikhoff, out with a hand injury, he's done. Scott Feldman with a knee injury for the Reds, he's out for the year. Matt Shoemaker with a forearm. We know about Zach Wheeler. Stephen Matz had uh, um, uh, similar surgery to what Jacob deGrom had at the end of last year where he had a nerve irritation in his elbow. It's not a major, it's not a structural issue. Vince Velasquez, finger injury, he's out for the year. And we know about Brandon Finnegan. J.C. Ramirez also out for the year uh, with a forearm injury. Among uh, relief pitchers, Trevor Rosenthal, who had rediscovered himself as a closer, he is done for the year. Uh, finally, in our uh, fantasy focus this week, our all Statman team for the month of August, and Giancarlo Stanton was unstoppable. He was unbelievable. He tied the all-time record for most home runs in a month, and that's, a, that's an 80-year-old record with 18 home runs in one month. He batted 349, 37 RBIs. He scored 28 runs. He led everybody in every offensive statistic on base percentage, 433 one of the few things he didn't uh, because Joey Votto is unbelievable and, and got, on at, uh, uh, got on base at over 50% clip. But Stanton had an 899 slugging percentage, an OPS of 1332. That's 150 points better than anybody. Uh, he had 149 points. Manny Machado was actually second um, on this team anyway, and only 12 points behind Stanton. But Stanton was uh, unbelievable. He was our player of the month among the hitters. Uh, position by position, Gary Sanchez, the catcher of the month in August, 12 homers, 26 RBIs, and a suspension. He got into a brawl uh, with the Detroit Tigers. Joey Votto, as we mentioned, 340 average, but a 519 on base percentage, 629 slugging. How did he do that? Apart from the 340 average, he walked 35 times and only struck out 17 times all month. Uh, he uh, was the first baseman on the All-Stat Man team. Brian Dozier of the Minnesota Twins, nine homers, 22 RBIs. But what's most impressive for Dozier, who's never been confused for being a high-average hitter, he bet at 319 for the month. Manny Machado for Baltimore, the third baseman, All-Stat Man, third base for uh, August. He batted 341, 12 homers, 35 RBIs. He had a three-home run game as well uh, in the month of August. Tim Beckham, the shortstop for the Orioles, was the best shortstop in baseball, 394 average. Six homers, 19 RBIs for the month. Anthony Rizzo, the top corner man, batted 354. Had a great week last week, but that just uh, was a cherry on top of a great August for Rizzo. Jorge Polanco was the middle infielder uh, that made it. Dozier was the second baseman. Beckham was a shortstop. Polanco at middle, 372 average for him and 102 at bat. Six homers, 23 RBIs. Uh, a great month for him. Outfielders besides Stanton, Charlie Blackman of Colorado, batted 383 with uh, 17 extra base hits and 27 runs scored. Andrew Benatendi of the Boston Red Sox batted 333 for the month, six homers, 19 RPIs. Mike Trout at 315, only 92 at-bats, though, eight homers and 16 RBIs. And Byron Buxton, eight homers, 22 RBIs. We've mentioned 24 points in one day, 80 points for the rest of the month, still good enough for fifth on this list. And the best utility player, the player, best offensive player not named already, and that is Josh Donaldson, only batted 289, but still 118 fantasy points, a solid month for the Blue Jays' third baseman. Among pitchers, Corey Kluber was the best starter. He was a pitcher of the month, 171 fantasy points. Uh, he was 5-1, 54 strikeouts, and only six walks 
for a hot Indians team, 1.96 ERA and a whip. Get this, 0.63. He gave up one hit every two innings and only walked six guys the whole month. Uh, he had five quality starts. He was 5-1 with two complete games for the month. Dylan Bundy was the number two pitcher. And Justin Verlander at number three. Jake Arrieta and Trevor Bauer round out the starting pitching staff. Bauer 5-0, 2.31 ERA, two Indians pitchers on the list. Relievers, Corey Knable, 13 saves in one month. Did not allow an earned run, 161 fantasy points. Alex Colomay of Tampa, 0.75 ERA, 0.50 whip and 10 saves. Fernando Rodney, 12 saves for the Diamondbacks. And Kenley Jansen, only eight saves. But still a 0.75 ERA in 12 innings. He had 112 fantasy points. That is your all Statman team for the month of August. And we have run out of time. We do not have time to get to our wide receivers. And we will make those, uh, we will make those picks, those rankings public. We will do that uh, before the start of the season on StatmanSportsOnline.com, and we can follow what happens after that. Our next show will be Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, September the 9th. We hope you join us then. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at GStatman, Facebook.com slash Sports with the Statman.